Okay, so we're back and we are continuing an invitation to the perpetual Passover. We are on part five. Is that possible? I've just got to say a little personal. And this is, you know, maybe I'm just insecure. I really hope more than two people watch this thing. You know, like maybe my mom, my wife. I mean, can you like pay people to do streams and like keep clicking listeners or something? Like views? Anyway, I'm just teasing. I hope you are gleaning something from this meaningful. To me, this is like, this is alive, man. I mean, I don't know if that's coming across or not. Maybe it sounds like I'm talking nonsense. I haven't even checked my phone the last two hours. I had to get up and walk around. Man, I can't feel my legs. I don't like this sitting down teaching stuff. I'm, I'm kind of a walk-arounder um, when I teach. But like, hey, we're open to new things, right? An invitation to the perpetual Passover. We've been talking about how the continuance of the Passover understanding, um, kind of like Bible teaching as a whole, um, things Paul said, things that were going on when Yeshua was with his disciples that he was referencing back to the original Passover. Um, so I want to just get right back to it again. I don't want to go back and, and keep rehashing what we've already talked about. Um, and so let's pick up and make this part five. First Peter chapter two. Why do people stumble? They are disobedient to the word. And to this doom they were also appointed. But you, okay, so like I love just stopping early on verses. I, I don't know what that is. but So there's a distinction. They, they out there, the ones who are, who are prone to be led astray, we can go back again to the wolves hearing the tickling of the ears and those ones who are open to being double-minded, not single-minded, stayed upon the word of the Lord and the, and the truths within the entire word of God. They stumble. Why? They're disobedient to the word, the commands of God. They don't know them or and or they don't keep them. They're vulnerable. And because of that, they stumble. But you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. You, New Testament church, are a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. What does that sound like? Where is that quoted? We're not even going to go into all that. That's the Old Testament reality of being in the people of God that he formed and fashioned for himself. This is true for us. This is our age now. Royal priesthood, holy nation, people for God's possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why? Why would we rejoice over that? What is this excellency and proclamation that we're supposed to have? Because we were not a people. Once, before, we were not an identifiable, marked, distinct people. We were just wayward ones with no direction, no boundary, no law, no nothing to hold us and keep us together. What were we, friends? We were lawless ones. What are we told in prophecy in the end of the ages? Yeshua will say, look, man, you did all this awesome stuff, but I never knew you. What did that say? You were lawless ones. You didn't keep the commands that I gave you that, perma that permanently set you 
as an identified holy nation, which is synonymous with the origin of the nation of God. They are the same. You were once not a people, but now you, post-Yeshua, are as those preceding Yeshua, the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens, strangers, to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior amongst the Gentile people. Stop hating on them. You may have been them before. It would, do, it would do American Christianity a good service to remember of who we used to be if, in fact, we are now set apart and holy. We forget our own condition so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, when you're doing good, right things now, they may, because of your good deeds, oh, here we are, gosh, I've got to do something. They will see them. They observe them. And then glorify God in the day of visitation. We have this illegal alien mindset. This came from my wife. We were talking about this last night. She said, man, because I get railing on just this teeny tiny denominational, and it's incremental, you know. It's, it's my fellowship, my doctrine, my personal beliefs. So teeny. Then we have... A step up, which is denominational preference. Then we have national Christianity. Christian America. And all that she is. And we want to keep people out, right? We want to set up borders and boundaries. We even twist scripture to mean, well, that means nobody can come in because we're safe and we're, we're the people of God. So this illegal alien mindset, I think, is infiltrated. This, again, came from my wife's talking about this. It's her idea, not mine. But she's not here. I have to explain it, right? We declare here in America now, you must become a legal citizen in this nation. If you're coming, whew, if you're coming from Mexico, if we even allow you to come here, you've got to be a legal citizen. Well, Why? You've got to keep the laws of the land, friend. There's laws here, you know. You can't just walk in here with your own set of laws from your land. You're in America now, right? Now, Christian America, whoo boy, right-wing, like, patriotic America, they'll drive this home all night long. If you're going to be in this land, this is my land. Oh, First of all, let's be careful with our arrogance. Number two, what about that principle according to the word of God? Abide by the laws of the nation. Because we're told here, aren't we moved into, you have now become a nation? You have become an identifiable, distinct people? A holy nation? A royal priesthood? A people for what? For God's possession. He, he is over you, governmental authority. We won't even get into all that. If you don't, we would say in the natural now, you don't keep the laws of this nation, hey, get out. Get out and you and all your kids with you. Get out of here. 
Why? You're a detriment here. We see it in the natural. We talk about it all day long. It's all over the news, I'm sure. Yet in modern Christianity, we're just free in Jesus. Well, what about the laws, brother? I'm not under any laws. I thought you're in a nation of God. Isn't there a governmental authority that was in place all the way back to Abraham? And, and given, let's, whoop, let's go even further. Like, weren't there laws given to a leader named Moses spoken from the very word of God for a people that... No. Don't you know how long ago that was? We forget the connection, right? Do you see the irony? So Passover comes across the table of your life, and if you're not careful, why would I even bring that up? Because if you're not careful, that rule will apply here. In your mind, it's not for me. I am a Christian. Again, we'll get, this is perfect. This is so good how the Lord is bringing this about. We forget or we've never known that we are one in the same. Passover is not some Jewish tradition for the Jews. Passover, my friend, if you are in fact born again, born of the water, born of the spirit, you are living, dwelling in the kingdom of God. You are in Yeshua Messiah and you no longer live and your life has been lost into him and, and you no longer live. According to his sake, you've laid your life down and then thereby find it. If this is your identity, if it is now, number one, you better be sure. But if it is, you have got to give yourself to asking the question to God Almighty, am I Israel? Now this is applicable to a million and one different things, but for Passover right here, right now, is this for me? Is this for me? Am I missing Passover? Have I exchanged what I thought was some, for some other sect of people? Have I adopted something that's just merely natural, carnal, and even potentially pagan? Because it's just what was given to me. It's what's handed to me from our forefathers. Mere traditions of men who again, four generations after Paul, now, said, you know what? All this Jewish stuff, burn it. We have a better idea. We don't like it. We're changing Sabbath. We're changing when the people meet as a congregation on, to Sunday. We are saying, we are taking that upon ourselves to say we will not do these Jewish feasts. We're Romans, you know. We have a new religion, and it has so infiltrated every crack and crevice of humanity, especially here in America, we don't even know it's not right. We don't even know it's error. Why? Man, this was, this is so old and ancient. Yes, it is, in measure, but not compared to the full word of God of what he instated for his people, which are what? A royal priesthood, a holy nation. A distinguishable people marked. And one of the ways they were marked is by God's feasts. Passover. Marked. Again, let's just do the imagery real quick as we try to bring this to a close. 
This Hebrew, I wish I had, I should have had my wife or myself draw this out, or even my son. The, the Hebrew letter Chet, C-H-E-T, Chet. It, it's drawn, it looks just like a doorpost lentil. Exactly the same, pretty much. In the original drawings of like Hebrew, when it was like, I think it's called a pictograph. I don't even know, picture something. Before it was like letters. It looked like a little, kind of like a little fence, like a ladder sideways. And it was understood to mean a fence, a, a wall, a boundary, ket. And it looked just like the doorpost. Not, not happenstance. And that letter in the Hebrew means it's the letter. It was known as the letter of life. The letter of life. The life is within the blood upon the doorpost and lintel of our hearts, friends. It alone will keep you safe when judgment comes. And if you are a sojourner, if you are a foreigner, that's okay as long as you follow the prescribed pattern and ways to be moved in to what? A native. This is the mystery. This is why the Gentiles, when they were told these things by Paul, they said, you've got to be kidding. Me? Wait a minute. All these leaders have been telling me because I eat pig, because I don't keep the feast, because I don't honor the festivals, because I don't do the laws of Moses, because, because, that I'm a vile human being and I will never know God. You're telling me that I can know him by being circumcised in my heart and repenting and turning and giving my life into him and joining into his death and the mystery of the immersion baptismal mikvah pool that they surely knew what it was. I can do these things? And you know what Shaul said? Yes. Isn't this incredible? Me, the murderer of all the the people who followed the way, the killers of the way, me, Shaul, I'm saying yes and amen. It's for you, brother. Do you want this Messiah? That's why they said, holy cow, what do I have to do? When the revelation to people come, when the revelation comes to you, friend, you will do something. When the revelation comes to you, you will move. What do we see in the scriptures? When the Ethiopian eunuch, when the word of God, the now revelation word of God came to that man riding along in that chariot and he heard the mystery of the scriptures that was just like nonsense on his lap. Not full. Not revealed. When the revelation of the slain lamb Messiah came and said, look brother, this has already happened. And it came about in this man named Yeshua and he was the son of God and all this, 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 this. What did he do? Where's the water? Where's the water? I'm getting in right now. Is there anything that holds me back? Is there anything keeping me? No, sir. Get in. Friends, I'm telling you, that is all within this stuff. You want to know what the main demand is upon you? Your heart. Is your heart circumcised? Is it clean? Is it revealed? Is it exposed? Or are you hidden in there? Tied up in doctrine? Tied up in your own understanding? Tied up in like, this can't be true. Why? Because I've never heard it before. And I don't like it. Friends, we better put that in the grave. We better cut that off. That better be the circumcision, right? You cut that, you cut it off. And you throw it away and you say, here I am. 
This is all of me. I'm exposed now. My heart is prepared for the Ezekiel reality of what? Take out my heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh, God. Swap it out. Through what? The slain lamb, the Passover lamb. Christ, our Passover. It's what Paul told us. But there are laws, there are ways, there are requirements that were told clearly in the word of God and you can study this out more yourself, way more than what I'm sharing. For the alien, the, the, the outsider, the stranger, to become just as a native. And friends, the, the, the early church, they got this. We don't get it because we're so arrogant and prideful. We would say, I don't need all that. I'm coming to Jesus just the way, that's what I've sang my whole life, just as I am. I come to him in my own understanding, in my own prowess. And because he's good, gracious, and kind, and slow to anger, he just takes me as I am. Now that's true in measure, but let's talk about this as mature sons. We come to him lowly. We come to him abased. We come to him contrite in heart, broken to pieces into powder. And we say, are you serious? Listen, we say, if you don't know Yeshua Messiah, listen to what I'm saying. This is what you have got to do. And then you can celebrate this awesome Passover. Christian, you can, you can, you can honor and observe this Passover in four days if you come to Yeshua Messiah. You come to eternal God the Father through the Son and you say, are you serious? All of these promises for the royal priesthood? All of these promises for the chosen race? All these promises for the people of God, the mighty nation of God? Are you kidding me? That's for me? That's for me? Listen, friends, that's why the early church in Acts exploded. Because they recognized they were pigs. They were vile. They deserved nothing. That's why the Jews hated them, friends. The non-believing Jews. That's why they hated Jesus. I hope that this makes sense in your heart. Maybe not in your understanding. Give it some time to stew and brew in you a little bit. The priest would recite psalms while the sacrifices of the, of the Passover lambs were, were coming in and as they were doing it. This was like part of their practice. It's called the Hallel. All this stuff, man. We can't get to all, we can't get to a quarter of it. And however many hours this is now, a five-part series and we're like scratching the surface. The priest would recite the Hallel during the sacrifices of the Passover lamb specifically. And it included 119, Psalm 119 at its peak, like at its height. Many people know this chapter well, but do we believe it? I don't have time to read it. Go read it. talks about the law of God being perfected in the Passover sacrifice. 
Exodus 12, 49. The same law shall apply to the native as to the stranger who sojourns among you. Same principle, different place. Native, stranger, through Yeshua Messiah. Again, man, I can't reiterate this enough. Merging the two worlds, if you will, to be one beautiful body, one beautiful priesthood. Through the great high priest, not through our own efforts, not through law keeping. Through the great high priest, the great awesome mediator Messiah, the suffering servant. The Passover lamb. There's all these other verses. I don't have time to name them. I, I, want, I, need, I feel like I need to just end this. Look into twilight, the, the, the specifics of when to honor Passover and why. It has to do with the crucifixion. You can even Google these things now. Crucifixion was at that same... We got we to gotta, we gotta bring this down. Look into the chet, the Hebrew letter. It looks just like the doorpost and it means the letter of life. A wall or a fence, just like the protection and the provision for the Israelites from the judgment of God. Why roasted instead of boiled? When they went into their houses that night, okay, during the night of Passover, I don't, man, I wish I could set the table like I could tell an awesome story just setting this up and like hit a grand slam, but I just don't have time. So imagine them just going into their homes and, and the man of the home, the, the priest of the home says, you know what? Everybody in, get the children. Honey, get the children. It's almost sundown. I mean, do we understand the magnitude of this? We just make these things so casual, so flippant. But y'all, their entire family's lives depended on keeping the commands of God. Honey, do you have all the children in the house? Where's Noah? It's almost sunset. Where's my son? Honey, get him in the house. Close the door. I'm finishing up the blood on the lentil. I'm finishing up the blood on the doorpost. Get in the house. And they go in and they close the door and they listen to the commands of the word of the Lord to stay in. The commands that came through another man now, do you understand that? They listen to a leader, teacher, figure, and their very lives depended on him hearing the oracles of God and their obedience to it. And so they close the door in the screams of the night of all of the firstborn of the land who did not hear the word of the Lord and go into the Lamb. We can't imagine these things rightly. We can't. We've got to be sober in this hour, friend. That is Wednesday now. Shabbat Hagadol, right now, four days. This Passover reality. Why does, in Exodus, it say they did it with haste? Look, 
Get your staff, all these things right, man. Do all these things with haste. That's why the unleavened bread matters. There's no time for that. There's no time to let it rise, man. You better prepare and you better prepare now. Put on your sandals, gird your belt, get your staff, pick the lamb, get in the house, lock all these things that were all according to like a now response, which is really biblical repentance. Repentance, do you know that is quick turning, quick, I mean, word of the father comes, yes, father. Repentance, turning, obedience. But why did they do it with haste? And why when Yeshua had his disciples at the table and mirroring everything that preceded him, why were they reclining? Why? Why were they just reclining? Why one with haste? Why one casual reclining? It wasn't because it was casual now in the sense of, eh, whatever. This is cool, Jesus. Thanks, bro. No. A different season, a different age, a different approach to the same reality. Look into that. Study that. A sign. A Hebrew word, O-W-T-H. It sounds just like oath, best I can tell. It's a mark. Perpetual. Forever for those who what? Who keep the Lord's feasts. Who keep Passover. Look into that, man. Again, if you get to a place where you are Israel, oh boy, I'm telling you right now, your life's going to be wrecked. I'm just telling you. Because all of a sudden, there's something to do. Other than just be the Acts Church. There's something to do. Why is there no distinction in the church today? They're not marked. They're not. They don't keep the Lord's feast. I never did. We're not marked. We're not different. That has been my, that has been my monster truck for years, man. Holiness, righteousness, set apart, distinct. How we look, how we dress, what we eat, what we watch. I'm going to be holy, right? Yes and amen. Because it's been an inward posture of my heart, which has tried to eradicate all these things out here. But when I start coming into all these understandings of the people of God, the royal priesthood, the oath of O-W-T-H, oh my gosh, the feasts are the mark. The feasts are the mark. Passover is the mark. As I said this, okay, now I have to do this, right? I don't care about the time from here on out. This will be the finality of this, I promise. I said this in the Christmas series when I was confronting Christmas back in uh, December. I said, it concerns me at the outset, among many other reasons, that pagan, worldly, even atheist people keep Christmas traditions. They'll have trees, they'll have gifts, they'll have lights. And then Christians... Do the exact same thing, and you cannot distinguish the two. Now, they might have a baby Jesus manger scene, which isn't even biblical either. There was no donkeys and camels there. We already talked about that. Go back to part two if you skipped all the way here. Magdal Idar. Magdal Idar. The tower of the flock. There's no cows there. We got all these things. We're, we're ignorant. I'll be first in line. Ignorant. So we have all these things that we don't understand that I believe are coming to play and for any of those open to it now, open to it, we'll begin to get revelation about we're supposed to keep the feasts. That's what marks us. That's what marks us. That's the oath. Look through scripture. O-W-T-H. That's the seal. 
That's the seal. Hey, brother, do you know Jesus? I know Jesus. Yeah, he's in my heart. Oh, well, you're marked then. Easy. No way. There is, there is something to do to be the marked, distinguished people of God. A seal set upon us by those keeping his ordinances that are for his people, for his royal priesthood, forever. Look into this, too. The sacrifices, the lambs, the blood, the quantity, the thousands and thousands and thousands of lambs. I listened to a teaching about the imagery of like, uh, this, is, this may be right. How do you know? You got any pictures of the temple? Anybody got any snapshots on Instagram of the original temple and how it looked? No, we know a lot of things. We don't know everything. But this guy was teaching about how there was this channel that went out the side, the side of the temple where all the blood flowed. I mean, this totally makes sense. The lamb, the sacrificial lamb's blood flowed out the side of the temple. And in order to keep it moving, we all know what blood does. If any of us have ever, you know, butchered animals or anything, if you cut your finger, you know, blood, what? It, co it co what is it? Coagulates. It thickens. It doesn't really move. That's how it's made. Imagine thousands and thousands of sacrificed lambs and all of the blood and the bulls and the, I mean, good grief, the quantities of blood that went out the side of, if this is true now, out the side of the temple and certain priests had to wash it out with water. Seems just practical, right? Blood and water out the side, y'all. For real. Think about that one. Look into that one. Teach me something. Send me an email. Teach me. Fill me in. Lambs were roasted on poles. Whew, boy, a brother told me this one three weeks ago. Blew my mind, right? Started looking into it. That's true. Y'all, they were. that's why this one guy, this one teacher, he talks about the execution stake instead of just like the old rugged cross, like the execution stake. And so the lamb was skinned and put down on the stake and it had a little bar in the middle and it was opened opened, exposed to cook now. Everybody knows how to cook an animal. It was exposed out. One guy even said that rabbinic teaching, like tradition, talked about the intestines were wrapped around the head. Seriously. Happenstance? Doesn't matter anymore? Passover's not for me. I'm an Easter guy. I'm a Christian American. Friends, what are we exchanging? What are we losing in our modern traditions? We have lost, oh Lord, without the Lord's help, we've lost more than we'll ever regain. Let's just be honest. Again, these are all things you can look into. We know no broken bones, no broken bones in the lamb, no broken bones in the lamb. Most people already know that. Slavery, Egypt, sin, lawless ones, they are the ones that got the, the judgment of God, the ones outside of God's boundary and law. What about distinction now? What marks us? What divides us? What makes us identifiable? Man, I started looking into Shema. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear and obey. Hear and obey. What an asset if we added that to our lives in this Passover season. The importance of what I just said. The imagery within here. Okay? Doorpost. Go in. Close it. Don't come out till morning. Yes and amen. Here. 
obey. What a, what a simple principle, man. We can teach that to our children and change their lives. We've got the, this awesome family we know, we fellowship with now. They say that to their children. Hey, Shema. Oh, dude, I'm like, I want to do that. That's awesome. Why? It's a heavenly principle. What, well, I don't know. I'm going to get into that. Okay. What sets us apart? Circumcision of the heart. Who is in? Who is out? This Passover, as we saw again, look it up for yourself. Exodus clearly says, it is for the Lord. It is to be observed and celebrated forever by the people of God. Here's the question again. Are you these people? Are you the people of God? And let me ask you this now. If you're not the people of God, if you're not a royal priesthood and a chosen nation, then who in the world are you? If you're in Jesus, born again, if you're saved, if you're saved and in Jesus, but you're not a royal priesthood, chosen nation, God's possession, then who are you? These are questions we have to answer, right? Because if you're not that, then you're not, you're not suitable for Passover. And guess what? The covenantal, the covenantal um, realities of God, they're not for you either. You better know who you are. This is why identity is all in this Passover understanding. Uh, the Exodus pattern, I would say, remains. If you're not covered with the blood of the slain lamb Messiah, you're vulnerable. You're a stranger. You're a sojourner. You're an outsider. You're a lawless one. It's simple. Those who are on the outside are not expected to keep the laws of the ones within. So the royal priesthood, the, the distinguishable nation, they keep the laws of the land that come down from the great king and it identifies them and oaths, marks them, that they are within the governmental authority of the king. Marked, distinguished, like Passover does. Passover is an invitation to come in to the covenantal promises of the eternal father through Yeshua, the Messiah, the son. So this special Passover, man, this Shabbat Hagadol today, four days, count them out. I'm telling you, you better give yourself, I'm encouraging you. Give yourself to these. I can't make you do anything. Do you want to? Do you want to be invited into the eternal mysteries of God? Man, I do. The pestilence is here on the earth. The virus. Doors are closed. Shut in. Man, state parks are getting closed. They're saying they don't want you to go out on a hike because you might get too close to a stranger. We're shut in. The world is quieted. There's no Easter. There's no bunnies. There's no sunrise services. I'm telling you, this is not happenstance, friends. This super moon on Tuesday. I'm not being crazy. I'm just stating fact. All the calendars aligning. The Hillel calendar, the sighting of the moon calendar. Original Passover, Yeshua Messiah. Right now, 2020? Are you serious? While there's a plague and a pestilence on the earth? Holiness is not an attribute. It is an identity. It is a mark. God's pattern for his people is that we be marked. Feasts, Sabbath, Passover marks you, friend. It marks you. You can deem it good or bad. Marks you as weird. Marks you as misunderstood. Oh, yeah. 
that and many more. But it marks you before the Father. And it marks you in front of the principalities and powers that have their way on the earth because they're the rulers and the powers of the air. But guess what? Those who are within the confines of the oath of God, the seal, the mark, the distinguishing of the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your circumcised heart, man, this is beautifully awesome. You're safe. You're preserved. Why? You're in the covenantal promise of the Father. You're in the covenantal reality of Yahweh God, y'all. Yahweh. Through Emmanuel, Yahweh God with us at the Passover. Same, same, same exact instance and event. Unseen realm takes notice, I believe, of those of us who are marked in this way. I, I can feel that in my bones. I like feel it. I feel different. So are you really set apart? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, and I do, and I do, and I do. Okay, I'm just saying, have you considered? Because I had never considered this until nine months ago. Is the ultimate setting apart? Royal priesthood, I'm a, I keep feeling pressed to go back to that. The royal priesthood, the set-apart nation, the God's possession people now, they are marked ultimately by keeping his feasts, by keeping his statutes, his ordinances, his ways. Why? To keep us as just bound to the law? No, it's our freedom. Why? Look at all the patterns of the scripture now. Those who kept themselves within the provision and protection of the eternal father, they were often the only ones who got delivered. Today is the day to be sure. Today's the day. I'm convinced, man. If there's ever been a time where you're waffling on like, I don't even like calling things making a decision. But like if you're trying to figure out, God, where in the world am I in all this? What are you saying to me and my household? I'm telling you right now, I would submit to you like I'm saying, an invitation to come into Passover. That's my invitation to you. Would you come into Passover with faith, with expectancy, with a, a faith that's based and rooted and established in this eternal word of God? Christ, our Passover. We have been given all that we need in the mediator Messiah. So, so, friends, today there is an invitation to you, not from me, merely me, but I believe from Yahweh, eternal God, that's, that, gone, that has gone all the way through time. It's not new for you. It's not new for me now. This isn't something unique unto us. But may we be postured like the first church, y'all, the Gentile church who said, are you serious? I'm being invited to the Passover. It's phenomenal. It's incredible. We will not deserve this, and we can't. It is a beautiful gift from Father God. An invitation to what now? Not just the Passover, Exodus, and Yeshua. We've been invited into the perpetual Passover that still now yet exists. And you know what? If you need somewhere to go, you come to my house on Wednesday. I'm roasting lamb. Something's going to happen in my house. Why? 
because I'm a man of faith, I will be a royal priesthood. I have been invited and grafted into what? A holy nation. A distinct people who what? Who keeps the perpetual Passover. So friends, here's your invitation. What you do with it is up to you. My hands are clear. I have enough issues of my own. But I would encourage you, please give yourself. Oh God, what do I do with all this? Don't rationalize it up here. Don't think it through. Be people of faith. Pray fast. I'm not eating until Wednesday. I want a revelation about the Passover. I'm telling you, there's something. When we do that, we get clarity. We get understanding that surpasses our own mental ascent. Perpetual Passover. May it be for you, friend. It's for you right here, right now. You're days away. You've got time. Be someone who gives himself in faith to the perpetual Passover of Yahweh God. Amen.